This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Mahal kita, Swifties. Mahal kita. Did you say that right? I have no idea if I said it right or not. But uh, right, similar I, to what Taylor said in the video. I, I tried to say it like Taylor in the video. For those who think we're absolutely crazy right now, Taylor posted a video on Instagram. She always tries to say a little something in the uh, native language of the country she visits, and it was for the Manila show. Yes, that she posted this video. Yep. Yes. Yeah, Manila show. She said, "I love you." So. Yep. That I is what my attempt. Uh, that's what I attempted to say there. Whether or not I said it right. Somebody might have to correct me, but yeah, I we'll tried my that. hardest. You did good job, man. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. Anyway, so welcome everybody to episode 137 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Sammy. And this episode holds a very special place in my heart, episode 137. Oh, I know why. Well, I'm don't scared. don't steal my thunder here. It's because it has a 13 and a 7 in it. 137. 13 is Taylor's number. 7's mine. So this is our episode. Weren't you also born at 137 or was it 1237? 1237. Oh, okay. How do you know what time I was born, you creeper? You told yeah, me this. No, hold on. You, okay, you told me, and it's also cool because you were born at 1237 on March 7th, which is a 37. Yes, the 37th minute of 37. That's why I, I remember. Was- well, cool. I was born on four seventeen at four seventeen. Although, in all fairness, technically, cool I was born in the thirty eighth minute because from zero yeah, yeah, to twelve oh one. But um, oh, anyway, <laughs> the technicalities. Technicalities. <laughs> Either way, we got a great episode planned for you guys. We're going to be talking about the outside in just a little bit. One of Taylor's earliest songs. But first, we have a quick retraction from uh, last episode which we got a lot of great feedback on the last episode where we were talking about taylor's tour in asia and compared to the international shows versus the u.s and the set list and all kinds of cool stuff like that if you missed it definitely check it out a lot of great information on 136 however we had one minor tiny itty bitty error and and that was that uh we, we may have stated that begin again was not performed in the Australia, New Zealand shows. And a few people have emailed us from Australia, New Zealand and said it was. So I really want to apologize for uh, that little error and, and little bit of confusion. Um, yeah, none of us are actually, I'm sorry guys. It's all Sammy's fault. Uh, well, it's also our fault too, because we didn't, Make no. sure she was right. No, you're blaming this no, one. No, no, no. I'm saying we didn't know. Oh, <laughs> K N O W, not N O. Yeah, we had no idea. Uh, but I mean, none of us are actually in Australia or New Zealand. We weren't at those shows, so uh, everything we get, you know, is via the internet. So, but we do thank you guys for correcting us. We want to be as accurate as possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. There, there were a handful of you, so thank you all for that. All few of you. <laughs> and for those who didn't catch us, shame on you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just playing around. So something I thought I'd bring back this episode, a little bit of Stump the Host. Let me see if I can stump you guys. Ooh. Scared. Because we're going to be talking about The Outside, which is one of Taylor's earliest songs. Yes. Ooh. Quick answer question. How old was Taylor Swift when she wrote The Outside? Twelve. Twelve. Ugh. <laughs> See, Adam, you can't ask us questions about the song that we're going to talk about because we prepared for this episode and we researched it, <laughs> yeah. so we know that. Oh, <laughs> pooey. 
I don't know what to say to that. You guys <laughs> suck. <laughs> Adam! I'm just kidding. Only Diane sucks. Why? Adam! Because Sammy got mad at me for saying it. Oh, so you're <laughs> retracting it from her and throwing it on me? Yeah. I'm mad at you for saying the Diane. Yeah, see? Okay, so. I take it back for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Diane, what's been going on in the the world of Taylor Swift lately? Okay, well, there's a couple things going on. Um, Taylor is featured in the Read campaign with a beautiful photo of her reading a copy of The Giver by Lois Lowry. Taylor also stars in the movie adaption of the book by the same name, which will hit theaters in August. Adaption? Adaptation. Adaptation. <laughs> Adaptation. It is a hard word to say. I'll give you it that. It is. It totally is. I give Adaptation. It Anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted your news segment. Anyways, uh, the posters for The Giver will be featured in public libraries. Would you say that Diane, Diane, you're Diane. Diane, would you say (laughs) that Taylor is actually starring in the movie adaptation? Um... I would say they're using her name to get people to show up at the box office. I would 100% agree with you, but see, the problem is, is in the book, the character that that, that, that Taylor plays actually doesn't get any time on the page she's more yeah, like, like oh this we- happened in the past so i feel like they're making her character into something more just so they can use her see i don't even know that they are and we're going to talk about this in a second because you know we'll talk about that in a second but like if you watch the trailers the two trailers that have come out um there was one that came out this week and one that came out a couple months ago um both of them feature taylor in it but she's in it for like a millisecond and i kind of feel like that the way that they're doing it in the trailers is going to be similar to how they're doing it in the movie in terms of like i don't even know like i don't know if taylor has any lines i don't like i feel like they're just going to be showing like silent images like flashbacks of taylor but she's not actually going to say anything and she's only going to be in it for a few minutes you know what I mean? Because she's not actually in the book. They only mention her briefly. Well, I that guess... That could be interesting, but... I feel like that's kind of, based off of, like I said, based off of the trailer, I feel like that's kind of what they're going to end up doing. Right, but I think they might do something different. I think the reason why they're not showing her that much in the trailer is because the reason why her character is important is a, like, movie spoiler. So if That's you true. knew lines that she would say, it might spoil to you what's going to happen in the movie. That's true. So that's why I think they're not showing her. Adam, did you want to say something? I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it was about like five minutes ago. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I guess we'll see when the movie actually comes out because they are accomplishing their goal. They are using Taylor Swift's name to sell at the box office because I would otherwise never in a million years go see this movie. You would, I would. because this I would drag you. crazy. No. Even without Taylor, this cast is insane. It I is, would. but I would have no interest in it at all without Taylor. That's but you're Adam. I'm sorry, Diane. I totally derailed your news segment. That's okay. <laughs> it was all on topic, so we're good. Um, <laughs> continuing on with the news, Taylor donated fifty thousand dollars to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia to create a state-of-the-art music theater cart where teens can create and produce their own music while going through cancer treatment. It's basically a recording studio on wheels. It's a music therapy cart, not a music theater cart. Oh, therapy. I can't read today. Someone <laughs> okay. else should do it. It's, Clearly it's not. Late. It's late. Well, you it's know, late. 
a music theater cart would also be pretty awesome. (laughs) And I think that could also be an accurate description of what's happening. That's really sweet of her. (laughs) From what I understand, it's supposed to allow the patients to create their own music, which is very therapeutic. They're supposed to write it, and then they can record it and mix it to make their own song basically and that's super cool because it's such a tailor thing to do because so many celebrities donate to charity simply because they make so much money and need a tax (laughs) write-off um but taylor when she you know proceeds with her philanthropic efforts like this she actually makes it relevant like she's passing on music creation to a new generation of kids yep and plus it's cool because it looks like she really thought about how these children could be helped with the money you know it's yeah. not like she just gave money and was like it's oh, not here, like she's just something. writing a check like here give me my tax write-off please yeah yeah Super so cool. that's pretty cool that she kept it relevant i agree all right and then on the last day of the cma fest taylor was the artist of the day at the big machine booth they featured taylor's music videos as well as a cardboard cutout so taylor's fans could take photos with her and compete for taylor prizes there's also a pre-recorded Q&A with Taylor where she answered her favorite thing to bake, anything with cinnamon in the Ooh, fall. Ooh, cinnamon. That sounds mm. good. Um, she answered her favorite thing about working on the new album, which is creating new sounds, and what her room was decorated like when she was younger with many Britney Spears posters on the wall. How about that? And Britney Spears' little sister was at CMA Fest this year. How yeah. about that? Jamie Lynn, she's a little budding country star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and then finally, <laughs> we kind of already talked about this. Um, yeah, that's yeah. But a new Sammy spoiled your news. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the news, so she knows what's happening. Um, <laughs> a new trailer for The Giver came out this week, and it once again features an image of Taylor in the film for a brief millisecond. Wondering if we're all going to see Taylor in silent flashbacks. Who was excited for The Giver to hit theaters this summer? Oh, I, I I'm actually not really. <laughs> I am because it comes out on my birthday, so that lets me know what I'm doing for my birthday. That sounds like a fun just like you saw Taylor Swift on your birthday last year. Yeah, she like keeps doing birthday related things for me. That was actually a really funny thing that happened the <laughs> other day, Sammy. Um, Diane was like, so Diane and I went to see Taylor Swift. We had pit passes to see her in San Diego on Diane's birthday, and it was really funny because Diane the other day was like. What did I do for my birthday last year? What was I doing on my birthday last year? I couldn't remember. And I was like, I don't know. How would I know something like that? You're like, oh, yeah, we went to see Taylor Swift. Oops. Oops. So thank you for the news, Diane, uh, even if you had a little trouble reading today. Sorry. I will, I will practice. You should be participate in Taylor's read program and uh, you know work on those skills a little bit. <sighs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, thanks for that, Sammy. Can you please give us a red tour update on behalf can, of T Swift on tour? I can. We have one. Um, on June fourth, Taylor was in Jakarta, Indonesia, and the secret song was fifteen, and the set list remained the same as the previous other Asian shows. That's previous other. Yeah. Um, and on June sixth, apparently Taylor Sammy was- can't read either. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> but it's late here, so I can use that. Experience. I'm just gonna start stealing every segment and not let you guys talk anymore. It'll okay. be the Adam Barber and then you show. can just t- do the whole main segment by yourself. I can have a discussion with myself. Don't doubt me. 
I, I don't. I'm going to hang up right now on this phone call. No. Um, <laughs> on June 6th, Taylor was in Manila, Philippines, where the secret song was Fearless, which is a repeat of an earlier secret song that Asia had. And the last three shows of the Red Tour are Monday, June 9th in Singapore, Wednesday, June 11th in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and the last Red Tour show is back in Singapore on June 12th, which is Thursday. Are you, are you sure it's the last? Yes, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. It's over. The last show. This Those is... people at that show are so lucky because yeah. they get to see the Red Tour for the last time. They're the last audience that gets to see it. That is so really neat. cool, actually. I was in the last audience for Speak Now. That was something. Yeah, that would have been neat, too. So, <laughs> what happens after that, Sammy? I don't know. Isn't that a crazy feeling? I don't like that. I feel like we're on the edge of the cliff, and we don't Although know what's at the bottom. she told fans in a meet and greet in Jakarta, I believe it was, yeah, Indonesia, um, that the album album five should be out somewhere between October and November. I don't know how true that is, but I did see that. So. That sounds about right, though, because yeah, that's, that's what she normally right. does. Yeah. But this this is how I look at it. So last tour, Speak Now, ended in November. And Red wasn't out until the following October. So it was basically like an entire year of not knowing what was going on. This, because Red Tour has gone on for so long, it's like less than six months. Yeah, so we're actually lucky this time. We're way luckier this time. (laughs) However, don't forget there was a break of several months in the Red Tour. Yeah, but there was. You had a break before you, or you had a break after U.S. and before Australia, New Zealand, and then after Australia, New Zealand, and before. Yeah, but I mean, it still doesn't add up to a whole year. Yeah, well, yeah. Sammy, have you found that since you've been doing T Swift on tour and updating all these shows, has your knowledge of world geography increased? Yes, it has. (laughs) I figured that was just a random thought. I could go into that a whole nother time, but when I was, you know, planning my Red Tour excursion, I, you know, discovered that there were states next to each other that I didn't know they were anywhere near each other. Oh, Sammy. That's embarrassing. So Sammy's U.S. geography increased also. (laughs) So for these last few shows, guys, remember, go follow T-Swift on tour on Twitter. They're going to be updating live each of those shows, letting you know exactly what's going on within those respective arenas. It's going to be awesome. Definitely go check them out. It's sad, too, because then it's over, and we don't know what's going to happen. And And then Sammy gets her sleep back. I don't want my sleep. Oh. I like doing this. I'm very lost when I'm not doing it. Well, hopefully you'll have some album updates coming soon. Yeah, and maybe maybe next week episode will be like, how do you deal with post-tour depression? (laughs) Sammy's already planning next week's discussion if you like the discussion idea of post tour depression (laughs) let us know and we might put something together if we get no feedback on that idea though it's not happening we'll pretend like we never even suggested it (laughs) so like I said guys we're going to be talking about The Outside today which is one of Taylor's earliest songs that she wrote when she was 12 years old which apparently Diane and Sammy both knew and I couldn't stump them tragic <laughs> it's like sad, beautiful tragic yeah i suppose but i really like this song okay so does anyone want to share what it's about before we get into like the nitty-gritty 
Um, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll talk about it. <laughs> so the song "The Outside." Um, it's basically like when Taylor was younger, when she was twelve, you know, thirteen. She was going through a period where she felt like she didn't have that many friends. And so she wrote this song about what it was like to be on the outside of a like a like a friendship circle outside of a social group, which is something everybody feels at some point in time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sammy, have you felt that before? Oh, once or twice. in my. Do you need to lay in the therapy chair? I'm a good therapist. (laughs) That's for next week. Remember? (laughs) Oh, right. Sorry. So. I think we all owe a debt of gratitude to this song, though. It's it's an absolutely crucial song in Taylor's career because she wrote it at the very beginning. And it, it basically talks about the reason she started writing songs in the first place. And it was to deal with her feelings. And because she didn't have any friends, so she didn't have people to hang out with on the weekends or at school or whatever. So she just wrote songs to take up her time. And, you know, I I guess in a way it's a weird thing to say that oh it's a good thing taylor didn't have any friends when she was younger because <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't have music <laughs> this but song is kind of interesting though because like you can read it and like kind of um like you not use it but like kind of look at it from different angles and be like you know you know, the first time that I listened to this song, because I didn't really know anything about Taylor, you know, you can kind of relate it to, you know, a relationship she's been in, or, you know, you can just look at it in different terms of, you know, you know, she's talking about being on the outside. Is it about, you know, a group of girls that she was once friends with that now don't like her? Is it about a bunch of people that, you know, are just the cool kids and she wants to be on the inside? Like, you can kind of twist it into many different options it, it's it lyrically it's it's very gifted in that sense yeah it, it is sammy you're right and she wrote it when she was so young so speaking to that point do you rank this on a different scale like how do you rate the writing of a 12 year old it is hard because i feel like when kids write stuff or draw pictures or whatever you you want to give them a break because you don't want to be hard on them. Like when someone gives you like a, a something that's colored outside the lines, you're, yeah, like, you're like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's or so like, pretty. I mean, I don't think that this song is written like the way that I listen to this song. I don't get a twelve year old vibe from it. Oh, not so at all. So it, I can't even be like, oh yeah, let's coddle this song because it was written by twelve year old Taylor. I I kind of go, let's congratulate this song because it was written by her when she was 12. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously she has grown in her writing style. But at the, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, her strength is still in songwriting. And you can see it when she's writing songs when she's 12. And you can see it in songs that are on red that, you know, she only wrote two years ago, three years ago. Um, And so, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really need to coddle this song and make it, you know, be like, oh, yeah, this is a great song when, you know, she colored outside the line sort of It's thing. not a great song for a 12-year-old. It's just a great song, and it's yeah, well written. it's a phenomenal song for a 12-year-old, and it's a phenomenal song in general. And one of the things that's absolutely mind-blowing and staggering and amazing is that she seemed to capture the same timeless aspect that she does in her later songs, even at the young age of 12, because 
things are so applicable to right now. Do you know what I actually think of when I hear this song? What? Facebook. Yeah. Facebook didn't really necessarily exist, but you know how like everybody looks at Facebook and yep. thinks that everyone else's and lives are depressed. so fun? like yeah. you're looking into someone else's life and you yeah. get super depressed mm-hmm. because you're on the outside looking in. And it's just weird how certain concepts like that are universally universally applicable. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, this quote that Taylor likes to use quite often. And it's, um, you know, it's about comparing yourself to other people and how, you know, uh, you know, you shouldn't do it because it's like comparing your behind the scenes to their highlight reel. Yeah. And people don't post bad stuff online. They're not going to. I mean, there are some people that do, but most people (laughs) don't go out and say like, oh, I had an awful day. I feel really down, blah, blah, blah. They'll post the time where they had a good time at a party or they'll post a picture of their new puppy like yeah they're, they're gonna yeah. post the the happy moments because they want to share those yeah it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. so let's try and get into some of the lyrics here i know we all took a chance to to pick out some lyrics so let's just kind of go through them who bolded uh i tried to take the road less traveled by but nothing seems to work the first few times and i did I, so Actually, I, I think I bolded all of these. Yeah, all of this. <laughs> Not all of them. I did some. Diane's the slacker. <laughs> I wrote mine down. So no, let's <laughs> let's start with that though, Sammy. I'm really curious as to why you put why you decided to pull those lyrics I just, out. I kind of I found I think that like I said earlier, the lyrics that I kind of pulled out are lyrics that are applicable to a few different situations that this song could be interpreted as i mean obviously we do know based off of you know things that taylor has said that it is about a feeling that she had of you know there being a popular group and her not being included but a lot of these lyrics can be applicable to you know people that are excluding you that you were once friends with to you know a relationship that you know you let go and now you're seeing you know kind of like a you belong with me situation where you're seeing them with somebody else kind of thing and um also, a lot of these lyrics stood out to me, um, you know, and I was almost relating them to lyrics from Tied Together with a Smile in terms of it's, you know, <laughs> um, Thank you, for you know, that. it's about how <laughs> musical interlude, <laughs> how you're you're looking somebody's looking at you from the outside and you're seeing one thing and there's actually something else going on inside and nobody knows it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a lot of the lyrics in the outside are relatable to the situations and tied together with a smile. Okay. Now, the first line in that group of lyrics, though, I tried to take the road less traveled by. Does anyone think that that line is particularly mature? Yes. It is, because I don't think if, like, when I was 12, I, I don't think I would know what that phrase meant. No, me neither. Well, there's a there's a reason I pick that out because that's actually based on something and it's not taylor's uh entirely original lyric what (laughs) i said duh tell us what it's based on how do you do you guys know i don't actually i i probably do once you will say it but i right now i don't know what you want me to say it (laughs) no because you've been talking i want to talk sammy it's it's based on a robert frost poem called the road not taken where he said, I took the one less traveled by, and hang on, i got to turn the page to finish reading this. <laughs> and that has made all the difference. 
You know, I, so, I wonder if that's something that she read in class, you I'm know, sure in school. Is. And I then she was like, oh, that's in interesting. In that is just like my life. Well, it's just interesting because the way she concluded it, Robert Frost in his poem said that it made all the difference where she continues to say, but nothing seems to work the first few times. Little does she know that this act of writing this song would change her life. Like that's, it's, it's kind of cool to look at this song through that lens. Like if she hadn't written this song and if she hadn't, you know, not had friends, then her life would have been totally different. Yep. I agree with that. Yes. But and I think that oh no, go ahead. I oh, said. I was just gonna say it also piques my interest to know because we know that Taylor is well read. Obviously, she was twelve years old and and referenced a poem in her song. I'm always curious to know now where throughout all her songs she referenced literature and we didn't even know it. Completely overlooked yeah. it. Because I'm willing to bet like a, lo- a lot of listeners, and I'm not putting anyone down because Diane didn't know that either. But, like, a lot of people listening right now probably did not know that that line came from a poem. I mean, I think it's probably the same with Love Story, about how the younger people listening to Love Story don't know who Romeo and Juliet are. Who? Romeo and Juliet, Adam. Who are they? The Shakespeare. Come on, I'm going to smack you. Who's Shakespeare? Adam, stop! But you know what I'm did saying? Did you go to school? Yeah, I went to school. I don't know who this Romeo and Juliet people are. Well, their lives. I thought Taylor made it up. Isn't that the Romeo and Juliet song? Yes, but but their lives don't turn out like love story, unfortunately. No, not at all. Sorry, I'm being ridiculous right now. You are being ridiculous. Deeply apologize, (laughs) Sammy. When we were talking over each other a minute ago, what were you gonna say? Um, I was saying that you know it's her using this poem reference and not everybody knowing it is um, similar to, you know, younger audience listening to Love Story and not knowing who Romeo and Juliet is. But not knowing that poem doesn't take away from the words. Like, Diane still, um, not knowing that poem, had a reaction to those lines because it's a very strong line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't... The way that Taylor writes is you don't necessarily need to know these you know, literature, um, you know, things that she's referencing because, you know, the image was created that you can still kind of picture that even though you don't know the poem, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it also shows, um, where was I going with this? Sorry, lost my train of thought. It happens from time to time. (laughs) The evolution of her writing. That's where I was going with that. Because, you know, this writing was based on another's writing. Yeah. Her current writing is not. It's all original for the most part. I, I can't quote that for sure because, like I, I said, mean, there might be references somewhere that we, yeah, do, we aren't I mean, familiar I with. I wouldn't say that this song is based on that poem by any means. No, I didn't I didn't say that, though. But certain lyrics within it are, and that helped her along as a less skilled writer at the time. But she also used that reference differently than Robert Frost did. So she would have had to understand it but not necessarily use it to create the song. I wonder if this counts as plagiarism. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Plus, it's, I mean, he's old, right? Like, isn't yeah, his, I was just going to say, it's probably public now. domain to use that poem. But anyways. Anyway, so so what else we got? We got right in the uh, chorus there. How can I ever try to be better? Nobody ever lets me in. I like this line. Why? Because it shows what it's like to be 
a young girl and how you want people to like you. Like mm-hmm. she like in this line she thinks that for her to be better she has to have friends and I feel like Taylor's life has proved that you don't need friends to be... I mean, she has friends now, obviously. She has a couple million of them. (laughs) She needs to be a loner. Tons of fans and tons of people that like her, but if you're different, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And that could end up helping you. I I think she has a quote where she says something like that. Sammy, you're going to have to help me because I'm sure you know Uh, it. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to be different, don't ever change or something like that. Of course Sammy knows. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I I agree with Diane. I I absolutely love this quote. But I also, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, um, the the first part of this line, "How can I ever try to be better?" can be read and interpreted so many different ways. I mean, you know, h- how can I ever try and be better? In reference, you know, she's you know wants to be friends with old friends. Or, you know, there's something else going on and she's trying to heal herself, but, you know, nobody's letting her in. Or it can also just be about, you know, the mean click or not even the mean click, but the click over in the corner that you wanted so desperately to be like. And that in turn, you know, you think that being better and changing yourself is going to make everything better. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a really powerful lyric. For someone who's 12 or for someone who's not 12? 112. You know, quite often I get asked, um, as an adult male, how can I appreciate and relate to Taylor's lyrics? Mm. And it's because, you know, the answer I give is basically because you can find ways to apply them to your own life, regardless of the specific situation. I think this is one of them. Now, this was me, say, 10 years ago. I was a young lad looking for my first job and every single job description I ever read requires X number of years experience. And I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, how are you supposed to get experience if nobody's willing to give you the experience? Yep. And so that actually kind of reminds me of that. How can I ever try to be better? Nobody ever lets me in. Absolutely. It's like, well, how can I be experienced if nobody ever lets me in? And so that's actually just a good example for me as to how, her lyrics can also relate to a grown male in a completely different situation than a 12-year-old girl. Chris, Adam, you weren't a grown male 10 years ago, but okay. I was I was a grown male. You were was, 16? That's you, not grown? You were on your way to adulthood. <laughs> I was a young man. <laughs> you were 16. You were a baby. Sammy, you're revealing my age. People are going to think I'm old now. All right, do you want me to reveal my age? Because 10 years ago, I was 15. That makes me a grown woman. 10 years ago, I was 12. I was just like Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, whatever. (laughs) You guys are whack. This song was not written 10 years ago. No, no, it wasn't. It was... She's she's like a year and a half older than me. Diane's the only one on the show younger than uh, Taylor. Yep. Good times. You're a baby. All right. Next lyrics. Let's 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 get these next ones going. So you saw me there, but never knew I would give it all up to you. A part of this, a part of you. I would give oh, it all up to be. To be. Yeah. That's a very different lyric. Than yeah, that is. <laughs> that could have. <laughs> an, Sammy, an Sammy, stop it. We're not all grown ups on this show. You need to oh, stop that. God. Adam interprets the song completely differently than Taylor does. 
We've all had reading screw-ups this episode. That one was mine. <laughs> so who bolded that lyric anyway? Like I bolded all of them. <laughs> you did not do all of them. She did, though. No, I did I did something. Then you must No, I did that one. Okay, Sammy, so what's I mean, your take they're, on that they're line? All, like, you know, we're just gonna, I'm just going to end up saying the same things over and over and over. But um, it's it's another one of those lyrics. Visually, you can picture this. You know, you can picture a girl standing in the corner or whatever, and, you know, and the, the popular girl sitting at the lunch table um, acknowledging her and then going back to their thing and not letting her be a part of their group. Like, it, visually, it's a, it's a great lyric. It's not complicated. It doesn't, you know, describe some fancy you know blah 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 thing but you know just lyrically it's you can visualize that and it's it's a huge part of the song because that's basically what the whole song is about it's about being on the outside of this awesome group thing well sammy i think there's something incredibly important about these few lines right here go for it adam tell and me what that what it is i can't tell if that was a sarcastic like no, go for I really it adam. Know. <laughs> uh <laughs> so it shows, like, the deep desires of so many young people in school, yep. myself included, I'm sure the two of you, wanting to be part of that cool clique, wanting to be part of a group you're not a part of, wanting to be a part of something, basically, that you're not a part of. But I think what sort of the story of Taylor tells is that it's all completely meaningless in the long run. So it could upset you at first, but it's completely meaningless. And specific what I'm getting to is, is Taylor was saying, she actually told Teen Vogue uh, that about a year into her career, she played a hometown show, and these same people, these same girls, showed up to the show in her t-shirts yep. and asked for her autograph on their CDs, things like that. And the way Taylor described it was bittersweet. Because yeah. it made her realize they didn't remember being mean to her at all. Yeah. So basically the the whole complete story of this song and that line and these girls that showed up at the show is the fact that it is so meaningless that even if somebody – even if you perceive someone to being mean to you, odds are they're not really being mean. They don't even think about what they're doing. And a year later, they don't even remember it. Yeah. So I think in terms of, of just – self-esteem that's good thing to remember because so many people I mean, including us is, what it is but it isn't because like if you think about it from taylor's perspective or from you know anybody's perspective that's been that you know the girl on the outside it's a horrible thing to have these memories of being left out of things of being you know being made felt like that you aren't good enough to be included and then a year later, these girls don't remember doing that. Or even 10 years later, because... Yeah, but Taylor's know. response to that was they don't remember, so maybe I should forget, too. Because the thing is, is at the end of the day, it seems like these girls were never deliberately being mean. No, but that's what I'm saying, is that, you know, yes, Taylor said that she shouldn't, you know, make it a big deal, but... You know, she's writing these songs. It clearly did affect her. And it, it's, it sucks that, you know, and this is a feeling that I've had. Maybe it's a feeling Diane's had that, you know, something that affected one person so strongly, the other person wasn't affected by it enough to even remember that they were like that. And, you know, I have memories like this of being excluded of things from 10, 15 years ago when I was, you know, about 12. 
and they still stick with me. And I bet you that if I asked these people on Facebook that had done that to me, they wouldn't remember. And that would annoy me because I still am bothered by these things and they don't even remember. Yeah, I totally get get that, Tammy. And for me, I almost take that a step further where I feel bad that that hurt me so much because it's like well if that didn't mean much to you when you said those things to me and and I got hurt and I felt awful it's like I felt bad for nothing because you still didn't even care yeah exactly yeah it's terrible that's that's the thing though you felt bad for nothing you shouldn't feel bad is is the whole point yeah, but yeah, of course not. But then you feel do. bad for feeling bad for nothing. It's an awful, <laughs> awful cycle of feeling bad. Well, I, I guess it's a good thing I have no feelings then. <laughs> yes, you can help us for the people who have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just think that's an important message to remember because, you know, so many people campaign around mean as like an anthem, an anti-bullying anthem. And I think this song is actually very applicable as well. And I think this one also has a very good message. Oh, definitely. I don't think anybody's arguing that. Well, I, I yeah. I, I, well. Dang it, Sammy. If you don't argue with me, I can't argue back. <laughs> Maybe we can argue about the next line because I want to talk about this. Okay. And I'm a little confused. Okay, so um, it's later in the verse. Taylor says, you could have helped if you had wanted to, but no one notices until it's too late to do anything. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. Thank you. What does she mean it's too. too late to do anything? That this sounds is... suicidal. Yes, thank you. Because this is the part of the song that I then relate back to Tied Together with a Smile. Because, yeah. because clearly somebody in this song whether this song is about taylor whether this song is about you know the girl that was sitting behind her and she was observing it whatever somebody in this song was dealing with issues just like they were dealing with it and tied together with a smile and we can be talk about tied together with smiles so i'm blue in the face i would love to have that conversation um i think we've done that before we have well, without we sammy because they haven't done it with me and nobody talks to me about tied together with a smile and i want to talk about it all the time but um, <laughs> oh, God. um Clearly, somebody in this song, in this situation, was having issues like that. And this uh, this then goes into the group over there, whether they're the cool group, whether they're just a group of girls that, you know, you want to reach out to, or a group of guys if you're Adam. Um, you know, if somebody's having an issue and nobody knows it, you know, like, that's horrible to, like, be sitting there struggling with you know your own inner demons and you feel like nobody cares because nobody's reaching out to you to be like hey are you okay like you know what i'm saying like and i think that's a huge part of this song and i think that that's a huge part of taylor's first album in general that you know she wrote about that a lot in a lot of different songs and it's something that people don't actually talk about and they really should because it's really interesting well then, <laughs> I'm very passionate about tied together with a smile. Really I can fun. tell. <laughs> How to respond to Sammy? So I'm just rereading the lyric and, and trying to collect my thoughts on this one because it is very interesting. Because you two jump straight to interpreting it as like suicide. I just I don't know. Putting myself in 12 year old Taylor's shoes, I don't know if that's necessarily a direction she was intending right. to go with that. And I was just thinking about that. Like, if we hadn't known that this song was written by a girl who was 12, 
would that change our opinion of it? No. Because it well, it that's because Sammy, yours. you already think you already take the mature perspective on it. But like I said, <laughs> yeah, I I don't even a mature thing. I mean, that's something that twelve year olds deal with, and just people don't think about it. Like, I mean, I I can think back to when I was twelve, and I was dealing with a lot of that kind of stuff, and never even crossed my mind because you know the way that I'm the way that most people are taught, the way that you know the world interprets things. Is that, you know, 12 year olds can't be depressed. 12 year olds can't, you know, you know, they don't understand that kind of feeling. You know, they're just, you know, sad or they're just, are whatever. Like they're dealing with stuff. It's not, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like, I do. But that's where it starts. And if you don't do something about it at 12, it's going to haunt you and you're going to be dealing with it until you're. 25 and you don't know what it is and all of a sudden you know what i'm saying like but where's where's the responsibility lie because here's the thing you know whatever your belief on the supernatural as far as i know nobody is a legitimate mind reader mm -hmm. so is it up to young taylor if she's feeling bullied and everything to go seek help like because she's saying no one notices until it's too late to do anything. It's like, well, if these thoughts are all in your own head, nobody is going to notice until you do do something drastic. Yeah, but she's but she's talking about just having somebody reach out to her and be like, hey, you look like you're upset about something. Is something wrong? And that's how a 12-year-old interprets it. Not, you know, I'm, you know, waiting until Yeah, but what 12-year-old is really, truly, honestly mature enough to notice somebody upset and because here's the thing there's a status quo in middle school and there's popular kids not popular kids and it's just how it is i mean yeah but that, that's that's not what i'm saying and i'm not saying that you know a 12 year old has to be totally aware that you know something's wrong but you any general person even at you know a toddler knows when someone is sad like you can tell from their facial expression you can tell from their body language that something someone's sad it doesn't necessarily have to be that sad but you can still at least reach out to somebody even if you're four or eight or 12 or you know what i'm saying like that's what taylor's talking about in this lyric is that all it would have taken is someone being like hey what's up are you okay and that then opens the floodgates and then that's up to 12 year old taylor or 12 year old person sitting behind taylor to to do something about it but it takes Taylor in that one lyric is talking about someone just being like, hey, what's up? So rewinding the clock 12 years to when this song was written, what was Taylor thinking when she wrote that line? And here's another question, actually. Here's an interesting one. The adults surrounding her when she was trying to get a record deal, what were they thinking when they read this lyric or heard this lyric? Well... Uh, I, if you're asking, go ahead. Hard. I mean, if you know that this song was written by someone young, and you, you could look at it as, oh, she's just being overly dramatic, like she does, like she doesn't actually think these sh things. She's just being dramatic. You know this, what I mean? Yes. Sometimes people wouldn't take it seriously. This, this is where my thought goes, and 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 that is a. a, a accurate diane mm -hmm. um in my experience if you are dealing with issues that we are assuming a person was dealing with that taylor knew or taylor herself we don't know um you become very good at lying 
And it would be very, very easy for 12-year-old Taylor to be like, no, this song is about, you know, a girl that I saw at school and I was asking her what was wrong, even if that's not true. And grown-ups tend to be like, okay, yeah, Sounds they just accept it and just accept it and move on because they have no reason to believe otherwise. And I'm not saying that Taylor's a liar. I'm not saying that Taylor lies to her parents that, you know, cover cover up different feelings that she was having. But it would be very easy for 12 for a 12 year old Taylor to say that and to no one to no one be the wiser. Mm. I don't want to get too in depth into this topic area. Yes, this is why I can't talk about Ted the other way. So, do we have anything else with this song, or do we want to kind of? Oh, well, the secret message: you are not alone. I mean, I think that 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 goes along perfectly with the conversation we just had. I actually agree with that. That that's interesting. You know that this this song was written for both for Taylor herself. Or for, you know, stranger sitting behind her, whoever that particular part was written about. Because we're not saying that Taylor's dealt with that. Though maybe she has, maybe she hasn't, we don't know. But the secret message goes along perfectly with that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion yeah. on the um, outside. I think that the only thing that I would add is that I kind of wish or hope or would like or however you want to use that word for taylor to not write a sequel to this song because that would be kind of weird um (laughs) i don't think songs have sequels (laughs) but well i mean if you think about it mean is kind of similar in vain to this song and it is more from a quote-unquote grown-up perspective. Well, that's what um, I was saying earlier, is Mean's kind I of the anti-bullying that, anthem. You know, that Mean was written, you know, a, you know, after she was 12, after she was 18, and it would be kind of interesting for Taylor to write another song similar to this, similar to Tied Together with a Smile, similar to Mean, but on a more grown-up scale, because... You know, people of Taylor's age, people of 24, of 25, of 26, of 23, in that whole, you know, early to mid-20s age, are still dealing with things like this. And it would be really, really interesting, I think, to hear a song from Taylor's perspective of dealing with that kind of stuff in your mid-20s. Well, well, it could be interesting and beneficial. Yes, because Taylor has, you know, the 12-year-olds now have a song. The 18-year-olds now have a song. 25-year-olds, you know, Taylor's 25, so how is Taylor dealing with this kind of stuff? And being in Young Hollywood, she clearly clearly has probably seen this kind of thing from people her age, you know, dealing with bullying, dealing with, you know, we'll call them mental issues, but, you know, you know, issues of feeling like they're not good enough, feeling sad, feeling depressed, that kind of thing. It would be really interesting to see that from a from a twenty five year old. Well, she has to have the proper personal motivation to write yeah, because everything and she writes is based on her experiences in her life. So exactly, observing and seeing is isn't necessarily the proper motivation she right. needs. We don't know that, but maybe she has because of the people she knows, because of the world that she lives in, being in young Hollywood, being in young. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying that she doesn't have the material. I'm saying she needs the proper motivation. She would need yeah. it to happen to someone close or to herself. 
Yeah, of course. And I then, mean, we all read the news. We all see what happens in Hollywood. Yeah, and, and so I think it would be interesting to have a song like that now. All right, well, that's good. So, Sammy, on a scale of 1 to 13, how would you rank this song? Uh, 13. This is one of my favorite Taylor oh, songs. Oh, boy. Diane? Oh, I don't even know. Um, like a 10? A 10? Yeah. Where does it lose points? I don't know. I just I just don't really listen to it that often. I don't either, and that's it's, actually it's where I would dock it. It's just kind points. of old to me. I mean, it, it's it, it's still it's a good still song, a good but song. it's just older, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, I... You, I'm going to go with Diane on that one, with like a 10, just because I think it's so well written, and I think particularly from the perspective of a 12-year-old addressing very adult topics and very teenage topics and just that whole universal applicability. Am I making up words again? Just how no. it can be applied across a variety of scenarios is a very skilled thing from any writer, let alone a young writer. So I think it's a good song, and, and I hope everybody enjoyed our discussion on it. I think we got pretty deep into some of those lyrics, and it was just – it was overall, it was a good discussion. It was good. It was solid. Yeah. I like it, guys. I like yeah. it. Good job, Are Sammy. Good job, Diane. director's chair? Thank you. No, we don't have time. Oh, all right. Unless you have, like, a brilliant idea. Well, I don't know if it's brilliant. <laughs> but if nobody else has an idea, then I ain't saying nothing. Oh, well, I don't have an idea, so. I, I don't either. Uh, for those who are, are confused right now, director's chair is a segment we do where we kind of plan out a music video of the song. But I, to be honest, I would just see it as a traditional, like, narrative video like that's it that's it but so just moving on we got our mini segments which let everyone out there contribute to the show and let your voices be heard here on taylor talk (laughs) literally if you leave us a voicemail yeah Mm -hmm. which nobody's been in a while there actually is one right now i need to toy with the audio a little bit because you can't understand it but if we can understand it I'm going to play it for you guys. Did we tell that person to call back? Maybe. Do we know how? Person, call back. Can we do that? Call back. Everybody call back. I don't uh, know who you are, but you should call back if you left a voicemail. Call back. So, Sammy, why don't you give us our first uh, submission here for you know your Swifty when. Sure. The first one is from Regina Justin underscore on Twitter at TaylorTalk13. You know you're a Swifty when you create a Taylor Swift fan account on every social media website. That's Sammy! Yeah, that is me. Are you sure you're not me? (laughs) (laughs) This one comes from Lisa Hayden on Twitter, and they say, you know you're a Swifty when rainstorms and 2 a.m. have an exciting meaning in life. (laughs) What do they mean? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) <laughs> Lots of things, actually, depending on which song you're listening to. <laughs> oh, okay. Then. So at Auntie Innie? Innie? Sure. Auntie Lynn? L- Auntie Lynn? I don't know. Auntie Says, you know you're a Swifty when you're already looking forward to summer 2015 in hopes of her fifth album tour. Fingers crossed. Oh, me too. Me too. Me, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you're so weird. 
you know you're a Swifty when random guys walk down the hall of the hotel singing Taylor Swift and you open the door and finish the lyrics when they started stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were so surprised. Oh my god, I want to know what song they're singing. That's great. That's from Rachel via text message. All right. Hey, a text message. Cool. That is, that is cool. This one comes from TaylorFan135. Oh, say, we love her. Hi. <laughs> and um, they say, you know you're Swifty when you can't get out of the car while in the parking lot till the Taylor song on the radio is over. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. No way. You even sit there with the air conditioning off, baking in the summer yep. till that song finishes. No, you're supposed to leave your car on so the air conditioning That wastes on. gas. Well, electricity <laughs> yes. for me. Yeah, but it's better than baking. Meh. It depends on where you are in the song. <laughs> I if suppose. it's like the last line, you can leave your car off. So over on uh, our Facebook page, Tori said, You know you're Swifty when you look at the clock and it's the 13th minute of the hour and you can't help but smile. See, Aww. true story, kind of similar to that. I keep my phone on military time because I like when it says 1313. That's actually a submission we've gotten several times. People do that, <laughs> Sammy. You're not unique. I didn't think I was. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, the next one is from Sarah H underscore underscore XOXO at Taylor Talk 13. You know you're a Swifty when you've already started saving money for a concert on a tour that hasn't been announced for an album that hasn't been announced. <laughs> yeah. But it will these be. People are all me. I'm pretty sure that these people just went into my brain and submitted my submissions that were in my brain. That must have been exactly what happened. Well, totally. Sammy, the segment is called, like, just going back to the root of the segment, you know you're a Swifty when. <laughs> so, therefore, you are a Swifty, Sammy. Ah, oh, dang it. I was hoping to hide my uh, true identity of a Swifty. You're not doing a very good job. You're on a Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Kind of a giveaway. <laughs> maybe I should stop wearing those Taylor shirts. It'll be less obvious. Maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would probably... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you to everyone who sent those in. Our next segment and last segment of the show aww, is what are Swifties listening to where everyone out there, you guys get to suggest songs that we should listen to and all the other Swifties out there should listen to because you are totally obsessed with it. And Swift Obsessed is obsessed uh. with <laughs> did I? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> said Swifties have been listening to Black Roses from the show Nashville sung by Claire Bowen. Did mm -hmm. I say that? Yeah. Yep. Very heart-wrenching. Do you guys watch the show Nashville? I don't. Um, I haven't in a really long time. I watched like the first season and I haven't watched it since. Oh, okay. Because I think you might understand this song better if you watch the show. Um, Because... Ah. It is a very sad song, but if you listen to it, it sounds like she's talking about a guy. And I read a comment, um, and they say that she's actually talking about her mom. So, if you watch the show, I'm sure... The Claire Bowen character's talking about her mom? That's what wow, the comment said. Really I could awesome. be wrong. I don't watch the show. <laughs> I'm just reiterating what somebody else Last said. Last <laughs> time I watched the show, I don't think Claire Bowen had a mom. <laughs> I mean, she must have a mom, but... Um, <laughs> But the good thing about Nashville is that the Nashville soundtrack is done by Big Machine. Hey, how about that? <laughs> Therefore, you should probably go listen to Black Roses. Probably. So thank you, Swift Obsessed, for sending that in. 
I like your profile pics with the vet obsessed. <laughs> what is that from? Was that when Taylor wore the hat in New York? Was that? Yeah, I think so. It's a uh, it's a picture of Taylor Swift. It's oh. a little blurry, but it, it's a pretty photo. It's cute. It's Taylor Swift. Uh, yes, I would say that it's Taylor Swift. She All right. <laughs> Got it, Sammy. Thank you. <laughs> So everybody that wants to contribute to our segments or offer feedback on our main discussion, remember, guys, there are so many different ways that you can reach out to us. You can, of course, email us, taylortalk at taylorswift13.org. You can tweet us, Facebook us, taylorconnect us, or ask us a question on AskFM. All of those are to the username taylortalk13. If you want to hear your voice on the show, you can leave us a voicemail, or if you or a little more bashful, you can leave us a text message to the phone number area code 240-31-SWIFT. And the last method that I can remember offhand right now is leaving us a voicemail directly on the website, taylortalk.org. There's a button on the side that says send voicemail or leave us a voicemail. I can't remember exactly what the message says, but it's something like that. And if you forgot any of these methods, there's only one link you have to remember, and that is taylortalk.org slash contact and all the different contact methods are listed there so you can kind of take your choice whatever you like best and reach out to us we try and make it as easy as possible by giving you so many different ways that you can reach us and contribute to the show so thank you looking forward to hearing from you guys love y'all or uh mahal kita guys oh adam brought it back around brought it back around i'm learning foreign languages right here on taylor talk so for episode 137 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, it's time to say goodbye, guys. This has been Adam, Diane, and Sammy. Hope you guys have a great week. Have a great Monday. Have a great Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we'll see you all next time for 138. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.